No, people can function normal in society as heroin addicts, and that's what. But that's what the government would love. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's January seventh, two thousand ten. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode one sixty three. This is no agenda. Shaking in my boots from the jackhammering as I come to you live from the minimum security containment cell crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California, with cracks on the wall in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And I've got sun in my eyes. It's hot here in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Hey, in the morning to you, Johnny boy. So I had to reboot the machine, the router, and the, uh, and the modem. <laughs> and your pacemaker. And it's really helped. <laughs> Knock me down. It varies. It's going up and down. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, I, you know, it's just... You don't think the jacket... You, tell us about the jackhammers. Yeah. <laughs> so they're building the world's largest bus terminal uh, outside the Crackpot Command Center in San Francisco. And, of course, it was kind of quiet over Christmas wait, wait, and New stop, Year's. Stop. Wait, wait. What? Hold on a second. Stop everything. Okay. They have a bus terminal already. Yeah, no, it has to be larger. I've been to that bus terminal. It's dead empty 90% of the time, except for the hobos that sleep on the benches. <sighs> Yeah, no, they're building, it's a $4 billion project for phase one, uh, projected to go to $6 billion, uh, including the high-speed train from Los Angeles, <laughs> and an By entire way, shopping... The, the budget for that high-speed trains are already, without even breaking ground, has already quadrupled. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and there, it's, there's going to be an entire um, shopping promenade, which will encompass most of, uh, I think that, I think it's supposed to be like from Folsom to Market, literally. Who's going to go to this except the bums and the hobos? Well, it's going to be nice and sheltered for them. Yeah, that's true. It's probably a good thing. It'll be a giant shelter. And they're also building um, one of the... Uh, no, it will be the tallest building west of the Mississippi, which will be... Uh, hey, do they have they noticed that we're in a recession? <laughs> I, would, I would add a D to that, John. I would say it's a depression. And why are they building? Why, what's the point of this building? They've got office space they can't get rid of now. By the way, I was over at the Ziff Davis building, which was on Second and which is in the, that area in the neighborhood. In fact, there's a couple blocks from where you live. Where you live, and I'm out, we're up on the ninth floor. It's empty. Then, besides our building is empty, but you can look across at the building across, across the way, right across the street, and you can look right into the building, and you can see right through the entire building yeah. to the net building behind it because this building is. Bone dry. There's yeah. nothing in there. I know. I know. There's no one there. We were just talking to a real estate agent in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and uh, she says that because uh, she she rents a lot of office space. She said forty percent of all of her clients went bankrupt in the past two months, and uh, and those that didn't go bankrupt are uh, are trying to get out of their lease because they they just want to work from home. They can't afford it. It's like send everyone home, have them all telecommute. They can't afford rent anymore. This, by the way, where the government said, oh, the crisis will pass us by. The no crisis here. Nothing's going to happen whatsoever. We're good. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So, um, Holland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's horrible there. Oh, there's... Well, th we got a lot to talk about uh, about Europe, and uh, and I will finish the conversation about the uh, about the jackhammering. But first, why don't we just get to the the only thing we actually have to do in this show is uh, announce our executive producer for episode number one sixty three. Indeed. Okay, let me start by. Uh, I caught you off guard as usual. 
Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have caught me off guard. Uh, Meanwhile, on the Twitter, Burjo says, What an awesome day. Snowed in with friends, and I've got no agenda to boot. Hey, there you go. You should have a, a no agenda snow party. That sounds like a winner. Let's, I think we, we could use one here. Yeah. You know, you know, we haven't had snow in the San Francisco Bay Area since 1972. Yeah. Well, right. Don't hold your breath because it's, 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 it's a coming. It's a oh, coming. Sometimes it lands up on the hill. Okay. Our number, we have an executive producer and, a, and three, I believe, associate executive producers. Wow. Okay. Who's our executive producer for our this week? Our executive producer is Timothy Tillman. From Lynchburg, Virginia, T-I-M-O-T-H-Y, Tillman, T-I-L-L-M-A-N, who uh, decided to round off his uh, all his donations and become a knight. Ah, by, fantastic. By giving us $650, so he was going to be hard to beat as executive producer this week. And he is now officially a knight? Yeah, he's also a knight, so he's That's got a double, great. he double dipped. And we, <laughs> and, we, and we have something special coming up for the, for the knights, right? Uh, they're going to get the, the free uh, CD? Yeah, when we get this, with this, I'm working on putting all the shows on CDs and DVDs, and we're going to send out. Uh, uh, they're going to be for sale for people who you know either you know, they can't, they may want to listen to all the shows and they don't want to download them because it's, it's tedious. And also, uh, they uh, will have uh, autographed versions uh, available. Yes, and and, uh, and T-shirts to go with that. And this is real, right? Because you actually you've actually started to do this. I mean, this yeah, is not no, just I a started, promise. I downloaded all the shows last night with a script. And I have, I didn't realize it's going to, I thought it, it it's going to take up, actually, it's about eight gigs. So it's going to take a couple of discs. Yeah, so, so it will have but to I'm gonna be. But I'm going to put on, also on CD, so people who have uh, normal MP3 players can just throw it into their, uh, you know, the CD players, they can play it. But, but you're going to do actual high, high fidelity uh, audio files. They're going to be, the, they're going to be the exact same files you've posted. Right. I don't know. That's actually not your postings are not that high. No, five. they're not. No, they're sixty four kilobits. You know, I I can't. I don't they save. Sound good though. They yeah. sound good. Well, except for your part. <laughs> your part that's sounds not, like. Poop. I blame. I'm blaming Comcast. But okay, associate executive producer. Okay. Two hundred seventy nine dollars and ninety five cents coming from Daniel Eckert. Daniel Eckert. St. Charles, Illinois. And uh, we'll plug him again at the uh, during the normal. So thank you very much, Daniel. Plug plug Ola, and then we have Todd Simons S Y M M O N S uh, from Eight Mile Plains, Queensland. Oh, okay. Gave us two twenty two twenty two, and he also sent me an accounting, and he's now a knight too. Wow, fantastic! So what are we up to? Like ten right. or eleven knights now? We're getting there, and then we have uh, finally with at the two hundred fifty one dollar level. Mm-hmm. So they say on PBS all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, John. Who do we have at the two fifty one thirty two seven nine four level? Yeah, we have at the two hundred fifty one dollars from Greg Birch. Hey, he's in, uh, my second hometown of Port Angeles, Washington, and he is. Uh, and anyone who lives in the area should go to him. He's a dentist. Oh, that's right. Now uh, you guys had a conversation actually on. Uh on email, which I want to talk about later on the show. Well, thank you very much to Timothy Tillman, who was our uh, executive producer for episode number 163, and our exo- associate executive producers, Daniel Eckert, Todd Simons, and uh, Greg Birch. As you know, all of you can put this on your resume. I, I will point out, those of you who have uh, converted to knighthood, which of course includes Timothy, and uh, and was t- did Todd also convert to knighthood? Uh, the knighthoods were... Uh... Yes, Todd, Timothy, and we actually have a third, but they didn't manage to get into the uh, 
into the uh, for, uh, producer. No, into the producer. Uh, so we we have yet an, another. Well, let me just do an, uh, a special mention for a new night. Who's that? Our old buddy, Stephen Stephen Pelsmachers. All right, he made it. Excellent. So uh, anyway, so congratulations. So and and as you know, so, there, uh, so our ranks are growing. Yes. Uh, I, I do want to point out that uh, becoming a knight is not just uh, an honor. It does have its responsibilities that it carries with it. Uh, this is uh, very analogous to a gypsy ring. Uh, you do have to make yourself available when, uh, you know, when the crisis hits and when uh, the New World Order takes over. You essentially um, become a, a, a haven of last resort for other No Agenda producers uh, should they? You know, so we have them all over the yeah. world now. And if you're in deep trouble, so we have could, some cots available. Yes, there will be cots and uh, cheese sandwiches. And uh, so there is a responsibility that comes along with being a knight. Uh, but we certainly appreciate what everyone uh, has done. And that's great. Did you hear the phones ringing during the telethon there in the background? No, but I, we need to, we have some <laughs> sound effects from now on. Got uh, the phone bell. So it so, has to be an old-fashioned Bakelite phone. Yeah, of course. Know. Otherwise, it's no good. You still there? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So they're jackhammering away. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I, I really don't get it anymore. But literally, the uh, the crackpot command center is, uh, and they've stopped now. They probably will listen to the show. So uh, they might, yeah, they want to. Well, they get in there. That's where they get their publicity. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, the the PR machine is cranking up. Curry and Dvorak are talking about us, man. We need to get our budget for the for the world's largest bus terminal. It'd be like the, it should be on a map, like the world's uh, largest ball of string. Well, of course, if they're saying that, they're lying because the world's largest bus terminal does exist, and it's in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I don't think they're actually claiming that. Um, oh, you're, oh, you're claiming it. Well, it's it's pretty damn big. I went into the world's largest bus terminal in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and it's big. And because you know they don't really have trains in Brazil, they everything's buses. So you, wherever you go, you're going on a bus. And they uh, have triple. You know, there's double those bendy buses. There's big long ones that are yeah, double. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. They have triple ones. Really. In Brazil, and in the main part of the town where they where these triple buses, it's like one, two, three buses. You know, there's three giant. They're huge. Uh, they they have their own street. <laughs> oh, they have, yeah, their own street or their own lane. It's this, but it's kind of a lane, but it's a lane you can't get into. You can't really cross into. It's it's pretty dedicated. It's not. It's more like a train track that you can't drive on. Really. So no matter what happens to the traffic, which can get pretty miserable, these buses fly down this this lane. I was. Do you hear? Now they're backing something up. I don't know. If, I mean, you're going to be hearing noise throughout the entire program. Because uh, it's really just gotten that bad. Uh, didn't um, didn't uh, our uh, East Coast Research Division send some kind of link about buses? Some, I'm looking through the sh- through my uh, notes right now. They did send us something though. Uh, hold on a second. Let me just see if I can find that real quick. Because you know, l- we might as well have a nice segue into something now that we're at it. Uh, well, give me a second. Oh, there something bus related? You mean? Yeah, there was. He, I think yeah. I'm pretty sure he had something bus related. Hold on. It would have been from Carrie, right? Uh, here it is. Oh, yes. Um, oh, right. No, no, it wasn't buses. It was air. It was business. <laughs> I'm sorry. This He sent a link about the TSA having released an iPhone app. <laughs> this is great. The TSA has released an, air, an iPhone app 
that uses. Uh, so you have to register when you use it when you fire it up. It's free, but you register with the TSA. Yeah, this is a good idea, and it and it uh, uses geolocation, so you can take a picture of whatever crap you're in at the TSA. And I like this for a specific reason. So if you're in a really long line or whatever, it'll then encode your... They don't your, want you taking pictures, well, though. Well, this is, this is the whole point. I can't wait to travel. And when you know, and, and I'm just going to take a picture of one of these guys and say, I'm sorry, I'm using the official TSA iPhone app and I have a complaint about you. And then send it off. And then see, and see what they do. I mean, this is, this is sanctioned by them. It's called On the Spot. Really? TSA on the spot. I missed that that memo. That's hilarious because they don't want you taking pictures. iPhone users can simply download the survey on the spot free from this the This is app- how screwed up. <laughs> but did you see that that Ed Rollins? But anyone gets a chance, oh, yeah. should, I'll, I'll post it on the blog. They should read the Ed Rollins editorial it's great. about TSA and not Napolitano. It's called The Case for Firing Janet Napolitano, which is, of course, what we immediately said after the crotch bombing affair hit. He said, you know, how come someone is not being called to account? Someone needs to either, either resign or be fired. And uh, it is a great op-ed. It's on CNN.com. Um, and he says, you know, why have we as Americans spent billions of dollars, inconvenienced our lives, and lost many of our own freedoms? And in spite of the fortunate outcome in Detroit, is this next decade going to be one in which Americans lose more freedoms? It's like, you know, we spent seventy we spent seventy five billion dollars a year on all this stuff. It was supposed to be fixed. We we built the whole Department of Homeland Security, which Janet Napolitano runs. And it's not. And you can still uh, stuff shit in your I'm sorry, I'm trying to work on my words. You can stuff stuff into your crotch and get through and uh, so so she should be fired. And he's absolutely right. Yep. Anyway, it's so actually very good and he he goes into more uh, kinds of interesting comparisons that uh yeah he does it's, it's a very well written uh, op-ed so anyway uh i would suggest uh you get a copy of this uh survey on the spot from the apple app store um here it is system will identify the airport they are de- departing from and allow them to begin a survey interesting well i think we should uh this is a this is very this is a very good uh, development I think you need to be taking pictures and filling out surveys on the spot. And if uh, someone queries you as to why, you say, hey, this is the official TSA app, okay? I'm approved. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody should get the who has an iPhone, which is most of our audience. Everyone should get, a, uh, get this app. And then when you go to take an airplane, right, start shooting pictures with the app because the TSA told you to. We, I would do a printout. Of the of something that that that's yeah find uh, the document. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there may exactly. be one here. Yeah, looking at a couple of things. Find the document, official document from the TSA, or get a letter. And then when they question you, pull a letter out and say, "Look, here it is. I'm official." And you know, they should. If the TSA was smart, they'd give you a badge to go along with that. <laughs> an iron-on, an iron-on patch. Inspector. It's <laughs> citizen inspector. Speaking citizen of citizen inspector. Speaking of apps, uh, there's a new release coming out of Pocket No Agenda, uh, which I don't think is hit yet. And there is yet uh, another new uh, No Agenda iPhone app, which I tried out yesterday of which a portion of the proceeds uh, go to this program. Interestingly enough, the developer of this application, and of course the link will be in the show notes at noagendashow.com, I'm going to put a whole subsection of all the No Agenda apps. Uh, interestingly, he uh, when he submitted his app to uh, the iTunes store, 
they rejected it, saying that he could not uh, put into the description that uh, half of the proceeds were going to this program. Which is good. <laughs> That's good? <laughs> I don't no, know. it's good that they have the proceeds. Now, he could have no, mentioned. no, that's good. But isn't it interesting that Apple doesn't allow that? Uh, well, that's because what would happen? You know why? Yeah, because then, they, yeah, because then Everybody they'd have to in check their it. Yeah, ten percent right. goes to the World Wildlife Federation. Fiber, you know, they would they would inundate Apple yeah, that's with true. that. Yeah, that's Tony Baloney Charities. What I like about this app, though, is that you can actually log into the IRC chat room while playing the stream in the background. Not well, bad. Very cool. Oh, I'm reading a Wired article on this TSA app. Uh-huh. And uh, I think this is going to get some, some traction, and you're going to ban this thing. You watch. Send me the, uh, a link to the Wired article, because uh, I don't have – I have a different link. I want to make sure I have as much as possible in the show notes, which is a part of the service we provide here. Yeah, um, show notes – people have to realize that the show notes uh, – or absolutely that Adam does. He can't get enough kudos for those show notes because they're, 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 they will become a great source material, although a lot of those links will be dead because of the nature of the Internet. Yeah. But the show notes are fantastic. Thank you. I enjoy doing it, actually. It's, uh, it's kind of fun. And it's you know what? It's also educational. It is, I'm sure. Yeah, we the the connection is uh, deteriorated somewhat, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, no, get, we'll get through it. We'll we'll survive somehow. But I, I I still think you're running some illegal porn outfit there. So something's wrong. Well, maybe somebody outside is. I'm not sure. I gotta check my. Although I mean, have encryption on. I don't know. Maybe. So we uh, we talked briefly about uh, Greg Birch, who uh, donated uh, and is an associate executive producer. There was an interesting uh, email thread. Uh, I guess Greg is a, a dentist, and he's uh, or a DDS. There's a funny Seinfeld episode about that, I think. Uh, so he's a, a a doctor of dental services. <laughs> what does the S stand for? Sciences. What is DDS? What does it stand for? Doctor of dental uh, surgery, I think. Oh, surgery. Okay. And by the way, I, very important. Um, and of course, him being a um, an oral professional. He uh, he had a lot to say about uh, my comments on fluoridated water. Oh yeah, yeah. He he lambasted you. Yes, he did. And although I appreciate what he's saying, uh, what struck me as highly interesting is that you actually jumped in on this thread and said, "Yeah, I don't see any evidence of any foul play." I like the I criticism. Never said that. That's not what I said. You're, you're now you're making you're putting words in my mouth. Okay, what did you say exactly? I said I tend to agree with you. No, you didn't say that either. I tend to agree with him, not you. That's not, but you want to know exactly, you didn't say that either. Okay, well, what did I say? Uh, okay, you said, I see the exact same facts as you do. Okay, I see the exact same facts as he does. I, I was just amazed, that's not, John. that's not the same as, I don't see any evidence of foul play. Yeah, but it sounded better when I said it. Well, yeah, from your perspective... So, the, uh, interestingly enough, that's the way I read it, is that you say, oh, yeah, because, well, you have to, of course, look at, look at what he's saying. He's saying that fluoride is natural, it's everywhere, uh, it's good for you. Uh, yeah, of course, too much is a bad thing. But I, my point that I'm trying to make is, why should there be fluoride in the water at all? I mean, can't we just have water? 
Why can't we just have water without lithium? Why can't we have water without Prozac? Well, I mean, you can have, well, you, that's the, I think the real problem is all these drugs that are going to be in the water. They can't do anything about not it. They're not going to be in the water. They are in the water. But the, pro, but the fact is that most water has got all kinds of weird stuff in it naturally. I mean, because you, I mean, you can go buy a water distiller and just drink distilled water that's got nothing, zero, anything. I, I don't think you can uh, remove fluoride and uh, other... Oh, yeah. Contaminates no, that yeah, easily. Don't absolutely. You, doesn't have to go through reverse osmosis or some process no, you, like that. A distillation process isn't going to boil off the floor. It is a salt. Well, so so here's what's kind of interesting because you know I, I was reading this thread. I'm thinking about it, and we buy bottled water. Of course, you know there's everything to be Which said. Is worse. For the, I know, I know. But what's interesting is that if you really look into the water that you purchase. The source of that water, in 80% of the cases, is tap water. Well, if you're buying the stuff from Coca-Cola. No. It, 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 even, if you buy Calistoga water, it comes from a, from a hole in the ground. What do you think about um, uh, the machines that make water out of uh, condensation in the air? Yeah, what about them? Do you think those are any good? Well, I guess they're okay. I mean, you know. But also, a lot of that condensation comes from sweat, you know. That's hot. But also, you know, even if you take a shower with fluoridated water, it gets into your system too. I mean, it's not just what you drink. It's uh, okay. You don't like fluoride? We get it. Yeah, but I, I just don't want it in the water. How come I don't want the government putting it in and saying it's good for me? I just don't like it. I don't like the idea. What else could they be put? Look, we don't trust the government on a million different things. I just think you're kind of cavalier about this. What's in the water? Yeah, well, you're probably right. I agree with you too. Okay, well, I'm next, very agreeable today, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Well, next time, put that in your email. By the way, I agree with Adam, too. Bastard. Uh, all right, where do you want to start? You want to start with some drugs? Drugs? Yeah, I could use some. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I've got a little theory going on here. Um. Now, we know that uh, the Coke supply in the United States has been severely tainted. Um, there was a report, that I think we talked about it on the last show, a report that came out that uh, the cocaine in San Francisco, 90% of it is, uh, is now contaminated or cut with uh, the deworming drug, which, of course, uh, will kill you. Um, in addition to that, this is just phenomenal. By the way, I had to make a report. Sure. Uh, there's a train going down the track. Nice. And it is a... I haven't seen one of these for years, by the way. It's still going. It's been going on for a few minutes. It's like... Nah, it's just heading on to about five minutes. It's still, <laughs> it is all oil tank cars. Oh, it's the Taggart Express. These are things are called... Uh, in the refining business, like a it's called a virtual pipeline. And uh, I've never seen one this long, which is a good sign, by the way, for the economy. Unless these things are dead empty. But the, the, you can tell, by the way, when you watch trains all your life, whether they're pulling an empty, uh, empty load or not. I mean, this thing, these are loaded with something. Yep, it's done. Oh, oh. I missed the caboose. Oh, right. well. Well, well, John, thank you for that report. Yeah, I'm just telling everybody in case you're following this kind of thing. Back to the blow. That may be in the bottom of the economy, right there. Just, <laughs> just, just pass by. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things to look at. One, we have enormous contamination of uh, the current Coke supply in the United States. And 
Now, of course, this does not come from the uh, military-protected poppy fields in Afghanistan because that's where the heroin comes from. Now, enter another piece of data. You'll recall that as a part of the uh, the pharmaceutical um, vaccination scams that are coming, um, there are uh, multiple projects underway to create a cocaine vaccine. Uh, yeah, that will. Well, I uh, thought that was already out. It wasn't isn't that thing already available? Well, they've been testing it. Yes, well, it's, it's available in limited quantities. Only if you're on board with the program, and uh, so it's called TACD. <clears throat> it works by preventing cocaine from entering the brain, thus stopping the user from getting high. However, as it turns out in these tests, it does not stop the cravings, leading some test participants who received the vaccine to take. Ten times as much cocaine afterwards in hopes of overriding the vaccine to get high. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now, but there was another. Well, you have to, here, wait. There's a couple. You have to ask yourself a couple of questions. One: Why take the vaccine in the first place if you're still strung out on cocaine and you want and you want to keep using it? Well, that's a very good question. They should have a cravings vaccine, not a cocaine who doesn't attack, attach itself to the neurons vaccine. That's crap. That's interesting. Well, I, well, maybe this will help because from New York City, there's a pamphlet that was sent to me. I have a PDF of it, which, of course, will be in the show notes at noagendashow.com, curry.com, dvorak.org, slash blog. Uh, it is uh, 10 Tips for Safer Use of Heroin. Uh, the title of the pamphlet is Take Charge, Take Care. Get help and support to stop using drugs is the first page. But however, here are the top 10 uh, tips and the pamphlet is nicely illustrated, John. Uh, tip number one, oh, let's do it from the bottom up like Letterman. 10, ask for help to stop using. 9, get help for depression. 8, get tested and treated for hepatitis. 7, know your HIV status. 6, take care of your veins. Five, prepare drugs carefully. Four, <laughs> use new syringes. Three, don't share. Two, treat an overdose. And number one, prevent an overdose. Because we want you to be a, a user that is alive. We don't, we don't want you to die on us. But literally, they've got Who like... Put this out, the drug, co- the, 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 the dealers? This is coming uh, from... No, it's from New. It's from New York City. Here, call one eight hundred Life Net at one eight hundred five four three three six three eight or three one one. Now, as you know, Mayor Bloomberg in New York instigated this whole. You know, whenever you need something from the city, or if you have a complaint about the the public transport or whatever you need, you call three one one. So it's it's being put out by the by the city of New York, and literally here it is. Tip number five, prepare drugs carefully. Wash your hands with soap and water or hand wipes before you start. Make a clean placemat from a newspaper. Use fresh tap water or sterile water tubes from your syringe exchange program, of course. And that's literally in there. Draw up the water from a clean container. Use a new cooker every time and don't touch the inside. Drop the cotton directly onto the cooker. Don't touch it. Wipe the injection site with alcohol and allow the area to dry and use a clean... (laughs) This is is unbelievable. Yeah, no, but but it makes so much sense, John. Get rid of the Coke or have the Coke users die because it's unsafe and get them hooked on our uh, government-protected poppy, uh, Afghani poppy heroin. And I think, by the way, that if you take that cocaine vaccine, which which doesn't do anything for the cravings, and you take... 
10 X as much cocaine, you have a good shot at dying. Yeah, I think so. Uh, would you like to learn how to take care of your veins, John? How do you take care of you? Well, I take care of my veins by uh, leaving them alone. <laughs> but, well, if you really want to take care, take take care, take charge. Shoot correctly to avoid infection and collapsed veins. Uh, I'm getting all queasy just reading it. Don't, oh yeah, don't blunt your needle. These these are like drug terms that I've never heard of. Don't blunt your needle by poking a hole in your sterile water container. Warm your body by jumping up and down to show your veins. Find the vein before you try to inject. Tie off to make your veins visible. Don't, oh, my God. Don't dig for veins. If you don't register, pull out and try again. <laughs> Why did you get this? It's from, from New York City. No, I mean, where did you get it? Did it come in the mail? No, uh, one of our producers uh, emailed me the PDF. Let, oh. me, let me see if there's a get info on the PDF. That's always interesting to see who created it. Hold on. Who maybe. created it? How are, they, how are they distributing it? I guess they're just throwing they're it. No, they're printing it out, of course. Hold on. Let's, let's, see, let's see what the info is on the file. Um, hold on. How do I do that in this uh, crazy Apple program? Uh, doesn't it have uh, view... Uh, doesn't have info? Oh, show inspector. That's probably it. Um, no, I think he probably scanned it for me. Now that, now that I look at it, I don't think there's any other info. Um, author, no. I'll have to post this on the blog, too. Okay, so, but, uh, the, the, my favorite, uh, tip under tip six is only boot once or twice in one shot. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, somebody in the chat room must, must know. There's got to be a... <laughs> There's got to be some heroin. We must have a couple of police that listen. There's got to be some heroin addict who can help us. <laughs> don't so, boot. Don't boot. What does that mean? I don't know, but you should like want a computer to term. <sighs> so, um... So they're using what's, what's termed in the police work as argot. Argot? Which, which refers to street lingo that is only known by the cognoscenti amongst them, uh, amongst those drug users. So anyway, um, I, I think that pretty much really once again just verifies uh, another little chunk of my theory um, that the, uh, the government wants to get you off of coke or, or kill you. Or get you on to heroin and keep you on it and keep you safe. Yeah, well, heroin, a, a, a population that is loaded up on heroin, which is functional. People are functional on heroin, uh, but they're somewhat docile. Are they really? People are functional on heroin? I mean, I, I have no experience with it. So I, I was at, uh, When I was at the University of California, there, we got a lecture about this. Right? I actually took criminology, believe it or not. Of course they, they, did. they dropped a whole course of study at Berkeley, but they had it when I was there. That now you can date me. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. I, they apparently heroin users can function fine. That you know they, they stabilize as an addict. They uh, get they, they would you you won't even know that they're. <laughs> I mean, there's probably people working at the office. I in fact, I would guarantee there are people working at the media office who are on heroin that are on heroin. No, get it, get out of get the front you door. Can't tell, you can't tell if somebody's on heroin. I mean, unless they're you know out and out bums or something but no people can function normal in society as heroin addicts and that's what but that's what the government would love by your theory oh my goodness well i need to find out who they are 
we need to expose yeah, that. We can find what boot means. <laughs> hey, hey, let's have an all hands meeting for a moment. Uh, hey, everybody, I just who's uh, who's on heroin right now? Um, I just have a little question about what boot means. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, no one in the no one in the chat room appears to know. Although um, Sigma does say that uh, it is probably related to the fact that a syringe has about two gigabytes of RAM. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here it is. Oh, we laugh. Wait, here it is. Mainlining a drug into your bloodstream, drawing back the syringe to refill it with blood, and then injecting it back into your arm. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> God, this is making me. This well, is making me ill. They don't want you doing that more than once or twice. Yeah, no more than twice. Don't boot twice. What is the point? Huh? You know, I get, all, I get really queasy. I'm not good with needles. I would be a very bad heroin addict. Um, here's a quote for you. Uh, within the next, find, by the way, we do, now that you brought up a point of information, we do need to find out why people boot at all. We uh, just eject the whole load and go home. Hey, do you? So, if if you're telling me, John, that people function fine in society, and that probably people who I employ as we speak are on heroin, do you think uh, Robert Gibbs is on heroin? Well, you know, I always thought he was on, on something that he took up his nose because he seems to be permanently adenoidal. I mean, thought, I mean, it was somebody's like talking like this for the whole, like they have a cold all the time. I mean, they just seem to have this kind of sound and they laugh a little, but they can't laugh. You know, the nothing's coming out of their nose. That type of sound yeah. seems to me to be somebody's sticking so, so things in their nose. Wait, Mickey might know. Hey, babe, come over here for a sec. Do you, have you ever known anyone who was on heroin? Yeah. And do they function normally? No. <laughs> so there goes your theory, John. Oh, Jesus. So John's saying that crazy friends. John's saying that there's probably people at Mevio who are on heroin. No. No. She says no. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm just telling you. Check it. Or do do some more research other than, you know, Mickey's... Uh, 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 what? The, what? Uh, um, what? Uh, offbeat friends. What do you mean, offbeat friends? That's nothing to do with her friends. I'm asking her a scientific question. She's not a hair. She's not in the milieu of heroin junkies. No, but she is. You know, she was one of the the, the people. She's from Amsterdam. Thank you, baby. That's the only right answer. She's from Amsterdam, dude. Amsterdam, I, it doesn't strike me as a heavy heroin place. Are you kidding me? They have complete methadone. They have the methadone bus. Oh, Are you kidding me? It's like the heroin capital of the world. What are you talking about? I'm just about? telling you what. I'm just telling you what uh, book learning has taught me. Here's a quote for you. Within the next generation, I believe that the world's leaders will discover that infant conditioning and narco-hypnosis are more effective as instruments of government than clubs and prisons, and that the lust for power can be just as completely satisfied by suggesting people into loving their servitude as by flogging them and kicking them into obedience. Quote from Aldous Huxley uh, in a letter to George Orwell congratulating him on the publication of 1984. And uh, so I just lumped this all together, John. We've got our... Um, okay, well, I got an addition to that then. I got a little uh, neuro-linguistic programming for you. Okay. Hit me. So you have the clips there, right? Yes, I do. So on Anderson Cooper, they have this guy that comes on, and he's like the expert. My son actually found this clip for me. and he. But hey, by the way, of, your son works at Mevio, and I think he's on heroin. <laughs> that'll be the day. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> I would check, like, you should he's check like him for a maniac about his about his about his brain health. Yeah, I don't know. He might be booting more than once, dude. 
Yeah. So anyway, well, he always wears. He doesn't have long sleeve shirts, so there's your. You, you can prove there's nothing there. Yeah, he does anyway. it between his toes. Anyway, on with your story. So uh, he, there's a Cooper's talking to this. We we're talking about Mutalib, and he says uh, the this commentary and the way um, JC uh, interpreted it was well. Here's an interesting. This is propaganda. To get people to think that the civilian courts are better than military courts, right? And in the underlying thesis, then I added to it that the underlying thesis may be that this will be the you know this is to get people geared up for the the crazy case they're going to have against the, that one horrible chic whatever his name is in New York City. They're bringing him out of Gitmo and they're going to try him in New York City. Then I listened to it again, and then I found the neuro-linguistic programming propaganda piece in there. I want to see if you can identify it. Play okay, it. Here we go. For terrorism since World War II, we not don't know. One. Not, not, not one that has resulted in a conviction like this. Absolutely, you know, in a case like anything like this, not at all. So, I mean, I think when you talk about choosing between the two, you have to remember that we have a very tried, very uh, effective federal criminal justice system and nothing comparable in the military system that's that's been proven to work and upheld by the courts. But even if you had a military tribunal system, you couldn't get more information out of him because he's not talking and presumably we're done with waterboarding in this country. And having said he didn't want to talk, that would be respected. End of story. So in fact, in terms of what we really care about, getting more information, you wouldn't get information either way. David, we talked about accountability last night. Did, did the whoever you talked to in the White House today talk about you know anyone actually being held responsible, being okay. fired? So, so the whole the whole thing, of course, is one big neuro linguistic pro- programming exercise where you start by saying, "Remember, you know, this is fact." But I think what you're referring to is this piece that would be respected. That one. No. Here's what the you have to if you listen to it two more times, you would get what what the what the subtle piece of propaganda is in here, and it's it's really a beauty. Why don't you hand it to me and we'll play it again? Waterboarding works. Ooh, shoot. Let me just find that piece. That was well see, I got after waterboarding, he said he won't talk, that would be respected. I'm like, uh, okay. Let's see. The real in the military system. This is the propaganda, the, the subtle propaganda that's stuck in here is waterboarding works. Let's listen. It's been proven to work and up. <laughs> it's been proven to work. Oh my God, John, that's awesome! One more time. In the military system, that's that's been proven to work and up. <laughs> Very good. Very now, play good. the whole thing again because they slipped the waterboarding thing in. They first they got that in your mindset and proven it works. It's got nothing to do. It's they're talking about the court system, of course. Yes. And, and then they say, then they say, well, you're not going to get anything from the guy because presumably waterboarding is illegal now. And he never pre- never follows up with a clause that should say, of course, that doesn't work anyway. He doesn't do that. No, no, no. He just says, there's information to be had from, here's the message, there's information to be had from this guy, but we can't get it because we can't do waterboarding. That is what the overall message is. Right. And it, and it also has this, the assumption in it, built within the, the structure of the sentence, 
that waterboarding works. So play the whole thing and people can now understand what they have to deal with when they listen to CNN or anybody else. Terrorism since World War II, we not don't know. One. Not, not, not one that has resulted in a conviction like this. Absolutely, you know, in a case like anything like this, not at all. So, I mean, I think when you talk about choosing between the two, you have to remember that we have a very tried, very uh, effective federal criminal justice system and nothing comparable in the military system that's that's been proven to work and upheld by the courts. But even if you had a military tribunal system, you couldn't get more information out of him because he's not talking and presumably we're done with waterboarding in this country. And having said he didn't want to talk, that would be respected. End of story. So, in fact, in terms of what we really care about, getting more information, you wouldn't get information either way. David, we talked about accountability last uh-huh. night. Did, did You know, it's really interesting because you almost don't hear it. No, you don't. I mean, in, unless you really point it out, you 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 just kind of gloss over it. But yeah, it's been totally waterboarding works, John. And Avatar is a great movie. Mm. Don't boot more than works. once. I mean, that's what the. I mean, what I, what I find abhorrent, and I think, it, and this, I think, anytime we take these clips, uh, I find you know you can find, especially on network TV and the cable stations. And I don't even know if they're doing it overtly because they may have been convinced that waterboarding works and then the message becomes subliminal even within the, the commentator. But it's when you listen to the stuff more than once and said it, the problem with television, of course, is not like when you write something, you can, you analyze the writing as you're reading it and you can go back and, you, you know, go back to another paragraph. I mean, writing, linear writing is much harder to do. Uh, you have to be a real expert. To yeah, you got, you, you got to be good at it for sure. You got to be better than good at it. But with television, which is the stuff that just blows by you and you never get to reconsider it because you don't care to. And the only reason that we even run into these things is generally by accident, like this one. I mean, I wouldn't have caught this normal. I would have just paid no attention to it. But once I li- made the clip and then listened to it, because right. I was going to cut the clip down, I said, oh, my God, that's a, there's the message. It's, it's hidden in there. And, I, and TV, that's all TV is. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, television, mainstream television. I, I will point out. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on here. I, I was just watching. We were, what were we watching the other day? On uh, it was another. It was a Dick Wolf show, and uh, it was I, I can't remember. It was. Uh, I mean, it, the whole everything is to to condition you for. I think even the outrageous stuff like V is that has that been canceled yet? Is that off the air yet? Guys, <laughs> you know that's a good question. I don't know. I think you're on a hiatus. Yeah, the hiatus, hiatus exactly. Now they're conditioning you for the for the for the fact that is coming, so that you'll be kind of ready for it, you know. And then you know, how often do we talk about CSI Miami, where you know the belief is exuded upon you that uh, that this DNA stuff and it can you know they can search the database and within three seconds they've gotcha. Well, they yeah. do it with face, and face recognition is my favorite. Yeah. There he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so if you take that in combination with the fact that apparently everyone's on heroin and booting more than once, uh, if you take into that the legal drugs that are being peddled upon us, and this report uh, that uh, the rate of children aged 2 to 5 who are given antipsychotic medications has doubled, in, uh, according to a, a survey, in uh, in the, in, the, in the last couple of years, doubled two to five years old, two to five years old. <laughs> They're just ruining their brains. I, but I saw this happen with my stepbrother, and uh, you know he was uh, he was an overactive kid, you know, and he was like excitable, 
And yeah, put, there's a lot. Most, a lot of kids are excitable. It's not an uncommon phenomenon. Right. You don't drug them. They've right. been this way for all of history. Yeah, we used to call that a horrible kid. We said, "Oh, it's the, it's that terror child. Yeah, he'll grow out of it. Don't worry about it." And, yeah, and that, of, most of them do, and they become yeah, people, the, and they laugh about it when they're older. Right. Remember when you were such a, sh- a shit? That's that's what my parents said. I'm glad they didn't put me on Ritalin. But that's so they put this kid on Ritalin. Now I get, you know, I, I get like a call a month from the Amsterdam police saying, "Hey, he, we picked him up. You know, he was dealing E or whatever. You know, he's doing all he's in all the wrong circles, completely messed up." And you talk to him, the guy, the guy's like, he's messed up because of these drugs. So add to that then all this programming, which once you take so, take away the pictures, anyone who is booting no more than once, John, can at least hear. The subliminal messages that are in there, and even that, even that's hard for us. Um, then it's so clear that yeah, we di- probably catch about one out of a hundred. Yeah. Least. Oh yeah. But we're we're really being conditioned. But and I've changed uh, some of my thinking uh, over the past couple days, and uh, I wanted to run this by you. So let's just step away from a moment for a moment from the uh, the theory of the new world order and the evil elites uh, who want to essentially kill us all. Uh, which has pretty much been my mantra. Um, John, you probably, like I, have many times met someone who's incredibly wealthy. I mean, I'm not, I'm like talking like what I used to be, like, you know, like $10 million, but, you know, I'm like, like wealthy, you know, a hundred million plus. You've met these people, right? I know a number of, personally know a number of billionaires. Right. Now, By the way, none of them will give us any money. No, of course not. But but have you ever noticed, and uh, for Gitmo Nation Lowlands, here's someone, uh, Nina Brink would be someone uh, who falls in this category. When you're around these people, the way they treat other people is is abhorrent. Do you know what I mean? It depends on the person. I find there's a variety, but but many times they're, they're pretty uh, patronizing. Patronizing, but as if they, the, the people around them, particularly if they work for them, are less. And it's, I'm not talking about people in positions of power, like a vice president of a company or a CEO. I'm talking about people who have absolute F you a million times, a billion times money. They really do not care about other people who are in their service. Would you agree? Yeah, that's well, I, it, I think, generally speaking, that's true. They're they they they're very disconnected uh, from the general public. And I mean, in particular, and when you, if you're ever uh, on the street with um, one of them, the difference between you, for example, who you should mention to our listeners that you haven't got much money, uh, <laughs> you are a uh, Thanks. generous a person. Yeah, because if you have one of these in San Francisco, crawling with with you know uh, homeless hobos and whatever, and uh, and I still use those terms by the way, hobo and bum. Yeah. Um, instead of uh, instead of housing are, instead of housing challenged, they're housing to their heart. They're down on their luck. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you always say, hey, "Hey, buddy, you got an extra nickel?" You always give them five bucks. I mean, you're just do that. I, by the way, do that now too. Oh, that's very nice. That's that's good. I, I just give, and I do the five buck thing. I've decided, well, Adam's a big deal. You know, yeah. Adam's big shot. I, I also, like yesterday, um, uh, we were looking to export an Apple address book into an Excel file, which is impossible. And, uh, you know, a quick Google search, and up pops this little app some guy created, and he made it available for free. And he says, donations uh, are always welcome. So I popped the guy 20 bucks. 
for my PayPal account. And he's like, he's like overwhelmed. It's like, dude, you know, it's, thank you. Thank you for your effort. Here's 20 bucks. You know, yeah, I, well, I, it saved you $20 in effort, that's for sure. A hell now, of a lot more than that. Are you kidding no, me? No, I know. People, right. People should realize that, you know, because Bill Gates collects all the money, and all you're getting is a word processor that's been rehashed a million times. Now, so right. now, the people that you're talking about, if you're in the, on the street with them, they get, they're very nervous around a homeless oh, yeah. person or anything, and they won't give them any money, that's for sure. Yeah. And and if you and it was institutionalized, which is in Great Britain, where where the class structure is extremely rigid. It's really and you heavy. give somebody if somebody catches you giving somebody a, a handout, you're scorned and scoffed. You're scorned by the by the public at large, the right. whole including the working class. Right. So so let me move on with, with my theory. Let's presume that uh, of course they what they really care about is their money. Right, uh, it it does, and and there's, and I have to say, even having been somewhat rich, um, people are always out to get your money. There's always someone with some idea, and some cool investment scam, and everyone's always trying to get your money. Uh, but it gets you get into this psychosis of people are out to get my money. So of course, what you immediately start to do is think about how can I get more money. So what, and I'm thinking of our, we've had some reports we did just on the previous show or the one before that where uh, the investment profile of uh, our congressmen and senators, they're making uh, on average 12% bigger returns than, uh, than anybody else because, of course, they're on the inside. Let's just presume for a moment that all of the people who have the money power um, are really doing, are involved in every single scam they can be involved in, uh, to, uh, on an investment basis, which for me kind of explains why Wall Street is doing so gangbuster. So let me elaborate. Um, the policy for, uh, the financial system was put together by the bankers. Bankers doing great, getting billions of dollars in bonuses. Uh, we had the swine flu, uh, scam, which of course benefited pharmaceutical companies. Um, we, uh, have the, uh, the crotch bomber, which of course is benefiting all kinds of institutions. And, uh, when we get to the crotch bomber on the show today, I can actually give you some names like, uh, well, I, I won't, I won't even tell you who, cause you'll freak out when you find out who's behind some of these millimeter wave scan systems. Is it possible, John, that just everything that is happening to us right now is all because of like the healthcare bill? We know that this has been written by the insurance companies and the big pharma. This is no secret. This is not for our good. And they just try and try and try again to continuously do new things to uh, to place their bets on Wall Street and to make gobs more money. Well, I, you know, well, there's that. But I think there's something you might be overlooking another little uh, nail in the coffin of evidence that you're creating here. Uh if you think about Bernie Madoff yes. and all the red flags that he produced, including you can't use my name, you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, you don't say anything that you're doing it, and he was getting un- ridiculously high returns, and, and everybody was kind of in on it, you know, they were all insiders, and nobody was going to, you know, think, to, think twice about it. He could swim with the sharks 
because it was always assumed that he was doing something a little shady. They didn't know it was a Ponzi scheme. Because So basically, he was just presenting himself like any other sleazeball on Wall Street doing, you know, it's a secret, I got a black box, uh, da, da, da. And, and so they wouldn't even notice a Ponzi scheme when it bit him in the ass. And that's why a bunch of these Ponzi schemes, and the only reason these things fell apart is because the economy fell apart. So you have Stanford, that guy Stanford, and you have... Yeah, but, but I think these guys, John, I think they are just links in the chain. They're, they are the sleazeballs. They're kind of the slime no, of the I'm super saying, rich. What I'm saying is that they, can't, they, they, get, they can go into that so easily because everybody is on a kind of a... a they all have a scam mentality, and you can't see the, the, the trees in the forest. Makes a lot. You, you yes. can get taken. Yeah. Real easy. Yeah. And and what happens is the people who want to be in that upper echelon with the people, you know, like actors who've got a little bit of cash and, you know, uh, just, you know, just people who want to be up there, someone who saved a couple million dollars over the course of their lifetime. Hey, I want to be up there too. I want to be with the, play with the big boys. So he's basically just taking advantage of, uh, of this. And it, and I guess that is in a way a very, uh, elite, uh, group of people. And we, you know, we've seen, I think you made this point, uh, a government job used to be kind of like, well, you can always go into government, you know, at least it's a steady paycheck and you'll do something good for the country. And now it's become uh, a great place to be because you, you get rich. Yeah, you make more money in the government than you do in private sector. So, um, and the retirement benefits are much better. Do you remember, um, <laughs> you like this, you remember a guy named Chertoff? Yeah, sure off. Yeah, I know he went to the uh, one of these security companies, the yeah, consulting or something. Yeah, no, he uh, he went to one of these security companies. Yeah, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps the company that uh, is selling. And of course, Chertoff was uh, was he not the uh, director of Homeland Security? Yeah, yeah, in uh, two thousand five, I believe. So um, yeah, he uh, he went into these uh, rapid scan systems, and uh, he's selling them. You know, he's he's involved in the scam. There's a whole bunch of other people. There's more, um, there's more technology-based lobbyists on K Street in Washington than there are for the pharmaceutical industry. Apparently, they were they were ready for this. They were so ready. Well, somebody had to move those crazy milliwave devices. Those things are, are crap. Yeah, and how and how's energy prices? And by doing? the way, we have to remember that where the guy had that the. Uh, the explosives you wouldn't have seen it anyway so let's uh, let's just break break into this immediately of course by now everyone's heard or read that uh, these new scanners uh, actually violate uh, child pornography laws because you are taking pictures of uh, uh, minors naked and make no mistake uh, and there's a couple links in the show notes the pictures that you're seeing on television and in newspapers that show kind of this fuzzy image and oh you know you can't really see it no no you can zoom into a pimple on somebody's ass this is real high tech stuff and of course we were already prepared for this with Terminator 3 where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger walks past one of these airport scanners except he's flying to Mars or whatever and they see you know right through you see his bones of course but we were we were already conditioned for this to happen and people are now starting to go oh well yo this is kind of weird and I'm like this is this is what you deserve this is, anyone who has ever said in their life well you know I'm I have nothing to hide so I think security is a good thing well now you do have something to hide you know and and your kids 
Your kids are. I mean, I don't feel good about the fact that some TSA goon is going to be looking at my daughter naked. I just don't like it. It's not okay. Yeah, and they're going to be laughing about it. Well, you know, there was a, there was a Tracy Ullman's got this weird show that she does on Showtime, and she plays. They're just short little sketches. Yeah, yeah. This is where the Simpsons launch from. From that show, it's a great show. And so she plays a black security person, TSA, yeah, I've seen this and one. talked to one of her pals about how you know Coolio went through this that millwave scanner, and he's got a big swan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So man, that picture went all over the office. You got to see the size of you know it goes to, you know that this kind. Which you know, you know, if anybody thinks who's ever worked in the government, if anybody thinks that all this, what, don't worry about it, it's going to be in a different office, it's going to be in the back, it's going to be only one secure person that's ever going to see this, you know, all this nonsense is bogus. No, 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 here, let me tell you what's going to happen. No, no, here's, here's what's going to happen, John. Of course, pictures will leak out, uh, and it will be of a celebrity. Uh, listen, hear me now, believe me later. Pictures of a celebrity, it'll be uh, Angelina Jolie on or someone. TMZ. Yeah, oh yeah, on TMZ exactly. They will be leaked. They'll be you know, so everyone will have these pictures. We'll all be, we'll all be like whacking off to these naked pictures, and then of course they're going to have a huge you know investigation, and they're going to find the culprit, and they're going to throw him in jail, and we're really serious about your privacy. They're going to do this. this. I mean, guaranteed. And how could you not? I mean, look at the buffoons who are running the security checkpoints. Notice the word checkpoint. Of course, they're gonna. If, if Angelina Jolie goes through one of these things, I'm like, eh, uh, screenshot. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? Are yeah, and then well, because of the, the TMZ will probably pay fifteen hundred to two thousand bucks for that picture. It, it would be it would be worth fifty thousand dollars. Please, it'll be worth much more than that. So where this is all headed? Because of course, it's it, you know we're not gonna have to submit to rectal scans, although. Uh, that is one solution, but something we talked about probably a year ago on the show, the technology is already there, it exists, we've just kind of forgotten about it. Here's how it's going to go. When you want to fly, uh, you will be issued a security ID bracelet, which will be put on your on your wrist, and it will include a taser device so that if you're out of order, they'll tase you right on the spot. We'll have air marshals with a box, very single to my jingle box here. In the morning. It'll be like, oh, we ha- oh that's, uh, that's Dvorak in 3F. Oh, sorry, had to tase him. That's what's next. You're going to be wearing security bracelets, and of course, that is the next well, this, step. This has been, you know, the, the, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is ever going to happen. You can go off on the deep end with this, but I will have to say this actually has been proposed, and there are devices that you describe available. Yeah, it's. Well, I'm telling you, this is going to happen, and the next step will be uh, just chip everybody. And that's that's the that's the obvious next step, and this is all part of some form of plan. Um, <laughs> we don't know what. We do, I haven't been given <laughs> the documents. Are crazy. <laughs> I haven't been given all the documents, but I've been reading a lot, <laughs> and it's pretty interesting. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, <clears throat> I think when you look at this crotch bomber, um, it's probably more than one group who are in the know on it. Uh, it has to do with energy on one hand. It has to do with now. Of course, we know that uh, President Obama uh, visited Gordon Brown. Uh, in the midst of a snowstorm, which I want to get back to. Um, and uh, they've been discussing Ye- uh, Yemen, and Gordon Brown came out and said, yep, you know what, we're behind you, we know Al-Qaeda, it's uh, Yemen. Oh, uh, Yemen, Yemen, Yemen. Yeah, now well, it's you know, Yemen. there's a clip floating around that somebody sent me, uh, I, I don't know if I blogged or not, but it was it's of Joe Lieberman on one of the talk shows. This is months ago. 
months ago, before the any of this happened, talking about yeah, Yemen's going to be our next target. We're going to we're going to attack Yemen. It's it's pretty much a known fact in Washington. Let me see if I can find this. So uh, Lieberman, you know, says you know. So Lieberman's are. I mean, I don't know. I think you let it slip out, and, and I guess nobody called him out on it. But then all of a sudden, Yemen, Yemen, Yemen. You know, this guy. Uh, Here it is. Yeah, I think this. I think this is the clip you're talking about. Uh, Lieberman, if we don't act preemptively, hold on a second. Uh, when is this from? Uh, this is from. Now that's. Well, let me see. When this is this is from Fox. We got about a minute left, and I want to ask you both a quick question about Yemen. Uh, this is not the first time that we have seen possible ties between Yemen and terrorism. Uh, we've got the U.S. with Obama attacking uh, airstrikes in Yemen. On the other hand, so this, that's not old. That's pretty recent. Actually, that this is maybe it, and this okay. because they mentioned these airstrikes. This was the airstrikes were taking place long before the. the okay. Let, came let's rock on. it. Let's rock it. The Obama administration sent six Guantanamo detainees back to Yemen. Your thoughts about uh, Yemen and what the U.S. role should be, attitude to should be towards that country. Yemen is a hot spot. We need to do everything we can to work with that government. Who's we this have guy? about 90 Yemenis left in Gitmo. They should stay there. They should not go back. I love how he just says, Gitmo. Hey, Gitmo. Who is I don't know this guy. To Yemen. If they go back to Yemen, we will very soon find them back on the battlefield uh, going after Americans and other ways. That's Hoekstra, whoever that Stooge. is. Yeah, Stoogstra. And Senator Lieberman, final 30 seconds. Um, well, I agree with Pete on this. Uh, I know the president made a promise that he'd qu close Guantanamo because of what it represented in, in world opinion. But today, it's a first-class facility. It's way above what's required by the Geneva Convention or our Constitution. <laughs> it would be a mistake to send these 90 people back to Yemen because based on the past of what's happened when we've released uh, people from Guantanamo, a certain number of them have gone back into the fight against us. The, uh, Yemen now becomes one of the centers uh, of that fight. I was in Yemen in August. Uh, and <laughs> when I was in Doha. And uh, we have a growing presence there, and we have to, uh, of Special Operations, Green Berets, Intelligence. We're working well Black with the water. government of President Saleh there. Uh, I'll leave you with this thought uh, that somebody in our government said to me in Sana, the capital of Yemen. Iraq was yesterday's war. Afghanistan is today's war. If we don't act preemptively, Yemen will be tomorrow's war. Ah, yeah, there you go. There was all, it was all set up. Yeah, it was all set up. And I'm and not going to have this. Everybody somehow connected. We don't know. Do we know that this Mutala was actually connected to that one? There's some cleric in Yemen who's a target of all this. So everybody that does anything is now somehow, you know, the, the Fort Hood shooter who we don't seem to have taken a, a leave of absence was talking to this cleric. And the cleric told him, ah, you should just shoot people. And then now the, the Mutala guy, he's somehow, who, who, by the way, looks and seems like an a complete idiot. Uh, so, oh yeah, he was he was being trained by this guy too. And but there's always Yemen, Yemen, Yemen. I mean, this thing is, is just it a setup. A setup yeah. And well, I think I still believe, and I think it's going to come to the fore eventually. They have found some serious oil yes. or a new technique to drill under Yemen and go tap those Saudi fields. Uh, and, and don't forget the, in, the Yemen. don't forget the, the the Yemen liquid natural gas company, which uh, came to fruition. Everyone, you know, the, everyone needed to complete the contracts by August. They were running a little bit late, so they had to like kick some ass in there. And Gordon Brown has announced an international meeting in London at the end of this month to discuss Yemen. And he said Britain will participate in a joint U.S.-U.K. anti-terror program in the country. The meeting is to run in conjunction with a planned conference on Afghanistan. 
aimed at meeting the military involvement of the European countries in the increasingly bloody U.S. occupation. Good job. Good job, guys. Perfect. And they're going to move the you know the war zone from you know the the, the, the Afghanistan thing. I don't know how they're going to get out of it. I think they're going to pick a couple more batches of poppy seals, put their guys in place, and then get out of there. But you notice how they use the same kind of terminology to d- discuss all the Yemen issues, which is tr- you know the code is tribal areas. Tribal and, areas, yeah, very good, yeah. And you see, tri- oh, tribal areas, so what, every country that we're going to make has these so-called out-of-control tribal but that, areas. But that's also uh, neurolinguistic. What tribes do they have in Yemen compared to, I mean, Afghanistan has like all kinds of ethnic issues. Yemen is is just, if you look at, I don't know, yeah, there's a bunch of rough country out there, there's no doubt about that, but is that is that really tri- same kind of tribal well, areas? Well, no, no John, this is, this is, this is, are you still there? Because you're cutting up and out. No, I'm just yeah. Go ahead. They're just cutting this. No, it's okay. We're good. We're good. So, so the whole process, the whole thinking process behind using words like tribal area is to continue to convince through neural neuro linguistic programming the viewers, because listeners can kind of get through this, the viewers that this is just a bunch of ragheads running around in the desert when they're on camel jockeys, where these are west, these are civilized countries. They got cell phones and iPods and iPhones. Yeah, they do. Yeah, of course they do. I- Iran, the same thing. You have no idea. Iran is filled with beautiful young people. Seventy percent of the country is under thirty, and uh, and 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 they're and you know they're, they're technologically advanced. The the most published language on the internet is Farsi. You know, it, 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 you have to keep this thing alive. Look at what you're seeing on television. You know, all you see is desert. Yeah, it's just a desert. Who gives a crap about people in the desert? According to Times Online, U.S. forces in Afghanistan should brace themselves for up to 500 casualties a month this year. According to a retired American general, that would be Barry McCaffrey, who was the most decorated general in the U.S. Army, conducted field assessments uh, of the U.S. military performance in Afghanistan uh, in 2003 at the request of the U.S. military. 500 a month. Of course, they're expendable. Who gives a shit? It's a crap. It's, It's all right. We're going to make more money. Ugh. So uh, I'd like to get into the uh, the crisis that has hit the world over the past month, John. But before we do so, um, I think we need to take uh, a little sidestep here to uh, ask people to support our endeavors as we need to figure out what boot means uh, and how to, uh, to boot no more than twice. Uh, we need uh, lots more time for research and, of course, uh, we need uh, three times the amount of money as uh, as we got last year. This is pretty much our our drive, our New Year's resolution, and we need the help from our listeners and producers to help us with that. And some of them are doing that, and we're highly appreciative. So could you please tell me, uh, give me a rundown of some of our fine listeners who have uh, donated to the program? Yeah, I want to mention a few people. Um I'm just checking off the ones that we we get. We got a, a few fifty dollar donations. I just want to uh, ring their names off. Starting, uh, I just have to exit off. You cut me off. You came in premature. No, I'm. We're actually like uh, about oh, ten are minutes we? late. The show's taking forever. Then yeah. Okay. Uh, John Johnson the uh, second, who uh, by the way, him and a few other people. Uh, these are people that gave between fifty and a hundred dollars. John Johnson the second, fifty six seventy eight. He uh, and a few others. 
only gave money, he says, because of the uh, this fantastic compilation of clips I did at the end of last week's show, which was fantastic. I have to uh, I have to give you props for that. It was it was a great compilation. We missed a few things. Even if we had collaborated, we would have done even better. Well, yeah, those are just my clips. I didn't have any of yours. Dan Homer of Haslett, uh, Michigan. Travis Wynn, who's on a night's program from Hemet. Uh, Justin Fiore, who. Uh, I hate to say it, but he uh, gives you kudos for getting him to read, and I, you don't have to bring it up now. No, no, Atlas but shrugged. Yeah, James. Atlas shrugged. By Ayn uh, Rand. James Briscoe, seventy-six, ninety-five, talking about something called Three Kings Day. Uh, wants us to say something. I should also say Merry Christmas to people in the Ukraine because I guess yesterday was Christmas for them or today. Yes, that is Three Kings Day and uh, people walk around. They, there's crosses on the doors and stuff. Uh, I've seen that. I don't know what it is. A big religious thing. Day, uh, Ragnar Daniskold, uh, R-A-G-N-A-R-D-A-N-E-S-K-J-O-L-D is in Belfast, New York. Uh, Michael Rieger, Vancouver, B.C., uh, uh, Mike Westerfield, of course, the Knights program. Tristan Lennon's on the Knights program from Wagga Wagga, and then we have a uh, message here from Paola Paula uh, Valencia Juarez, who's in Zurich, Switzerland, but she's actually a Mexican girl. She says, "Greetings from a Mexican girl in the Sw- Swiss watch industry." The donation is what I would have spent for a birthday present for my friend Federico Bor- Borigo. Uh, you can send him my greetings. So instead of buying Federico Borigo a gift, uh, we give him a hello. All right, Federico, happy birthday. Or what, Chris, was uh, it a birthday or just a gift in general? Just a, a love offer. Birthday present. Birthday present. Well, happy birthday. That's very nice. Thank you. Ha- Chris Harrison in Wimbledon, London, gave us 9181. That's Wimbledon, not Wimbledon. It's Wimbledon. I said Wimbledon. Oh, so Skype made it sound weird. Wimbledon. He says, this is a good one. People should pay attention to this one. This is like giving us a little bit left in your PayPal account, which is they're going to take away from me anyway. Uh, he went to lunch, a big group lunch, you know, a big Christmas lunch with on the on the on the for company lunch that he expected to be paying, chipping in like everybody else, and it was going to be like ninety one dollars and eighty one cents. And then his boss got generous and picked up the whole tab, so he sent us ninety one eighty one. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Sam Ellers in Smyrna, Georgia. Mike A. Caddick in Stawal, Victoria, Australia. John Phillips in Waco, Georgia. And Niels Martins, M. Niels Martins, M A R T E N S, in Lubeck. 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 Lubeck, Germany. And then we have people who uh, went above and beyond the Call of Duty. Um, which includes $279.95 from Daniel Eckert, who's one of our associate executive producers from St. Charles, Illinois. Um, Steve Pelsmachers, who finished up his his knighthood thing with a fine $182.15. And I'm supposed to say, I guess I, he didn't say that. I guess he gave gave up on the Van Damme thing. Uh, Zandam. Yeah. Uh, $650 from Timothy Tillman from Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, and I mentioned uh, Niels Martin. I think that covers it. And, uh, yep. 
So we, uh, of course, also appreciate appreciate everyone's donation who's on the $5 a month program. Um, those are really important. Even if you donate a significant amount of money, please consider jumping on the $5 a month program. That's our base. It'll probably at this rate take another five years before that base is actually sustaining <laughs> yeah, us in, in any manner whatsoever. There's uh, a couple of web. By the way, there's a couple of websites I forgot to mention. Pirates, 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 pirates. Pirates, piratesweekin.info, and also uh, one of our guys from a couple weeks ago mentioned that they, we didn't mention his website, johnphillipsphoto.com, J-O-N-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. And I think we should stop uh, calling it uh, dollars. Why don't we just call it credits, because that's what it's going to be eventually anyway. So we'll just say 50 credits. Uh, thank right. you, and uh, the five credit a month uh, program is very important, and we recycle it. We recycle it to bums and hobos, to software engineers. <coughs> I donate to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we pay bills. No, I pay bills, but I also, uh, if I if there's a site that I use a lot, uh, like whatreallyhappened.com, I donate to them all the time. You know, I uh, and if, it all, but it all pays it pays dividends to the show. Of course, it does. It's, and it, that's the point. We're not. Uh, well, there's a, the fact of the matter is there are no hookers anymore. <laughs> no, no, no good-looking ones, that's for sure. But not until the, yeah, the economy collapses. <laughs> we may see some change. <laughs> Noagendashow.com or Dvorak.org slash NA. Or for those of you who are blocked from some of those sites due to uh, your own Gitmo governments, uh, channel Dvorak slash NA. This, of course, is channel. the program. Sorry? Sorry, com slash na. Oh, .com na, yes. And I was going to say, this is the program that has a very simple formula, and we're about to do it again. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So, John, I'd have to say that, and we've uh, ourselves have been guilty of this, we've kind of, you know, we've kind of like made light of the, uh, the weather recently. Um, uh, of course, we have record cold temperatures uh, from uh, China. It hasn't been this cold in China for 40 years. We have record-breaking cold snaps. They call it a snap in the mainstream media. It's just a snap. And it, by the way, and, and don't forget, we have heard, I want to mention the people out there who are the uh, warmists. We have heard this before. Weather is not climate. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, it's fine because I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, the, the joke we've been making, of course, and, and that is kind of funny is like, ah, you know, so these guys are doing uh, global warming, climate change summits in the middle of blizzards and ha 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 ha. Um, but this is an absolute crisis, an absolute crisis that is being overlooked by many and it's just kind of brushed aside because uh, this is a horrible time. It's, it's always a horrible time uh, for uh, any type of record temperature up or down. Uh, we have unbelievable amounts of crops being destroyed by these, uh, by these uh, temperatures. Um, oranges, strawberries, fruits and vegetables grown in the southern states of the United States being destroyed by record cold com uh, temperatures. Um, something like snow in Florida is going to ruin the orange crop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. But not just snow. But uh, of course, this is—it's it, a huge problem in the United Kingdom, uh, which is completely—they have the the military out, by the way, saving people from their cars once again. Uh, the National Grid issued its second warning, and it's in history, stating that their na their nation's gas supply was running out. Uh, people are hoarding food. Uh, thousands of stranded vehicles, 
Um, there's avalanches. China is, uh, you know, th- there's not a lot of uh, reporting, but massive snowstorms, their worst in actually 60 years. Military coming out there as well to help people. There was a train, uh, 1,400, 1,500 people were trapped in a train. South Korea, worst snowstorms in their modern history. So, you know, you, you cannot deny that this is very uh, challenging and particularly when it comes to food. So I'm going to follow some of the, uh, well, follow the money, of course. That leads us immediately to Monsanto. As uh, Fortune Magazine. Was it Fortune or Forbes? Forbes Magazine. Forbes. Yeah, of course, Company of the Year. Uh, because these guys, uh, they make uh, all kinds of fantastic genetically modified uh, fruits and vegetables and seeds and stuff and pigs and you name it. They've got all the patents. And I'm sure they'll have uh, all kinds of stuff that will uh, be able to sustain these uh, these cold snaps. But this, of course, is not a coincidence, uh, John. In fact, uh, I should... uh, Coincidence? I think not! I take you back uh, only a few weeks ago, before all of this started, before we had these record-breaking low temperatures. What was the beginning of this? It was marked by one event, which, of course, was passed off as something else, nothing to see here. What was that one event, John, that took place just before all of the snowstorms hit from Copenhagen to China? Well, I would think of COP15, but you probably have something else in mind. Well, you will recall the extremely strange spiral. Oh, right, the spiral in the air. Over Norway. So, uh, a little bit of research. The spinning rocket. Yeah, well, it's a so-called spinning rocket. A little bit of research will show that uh, the high-frequency advanced oral research program, better known as HARP, H-A-A-R-P, which is located in Ramfjorden, Norway, was, of course, where this beam came from. And you can look at it on Google Map, and there's lots of links in the show notes. You can see that... So, me- yeah. so what we're doing here is that we just gave our uh, plea for uh, no agenda funding, and uh, now you're going to the crackpot part of the show with a crazy theory. Well, I don't think... it. Yeah, you can call it crazy... Um, but but uh, the HARP facility, which of course is based on a lot of Tesla's research, uh, is uh, rumored, and I'll just say I believe in these, uh, to be able to affect weather. Um, and the reports that I'm reading is that what actually took place, and you could look at the timeline. This this spiral shows up. Oh, it's just a rocket that spiraled out of control. Actually, they've been uh, they've been cropping up all over the world. Uh, these have uh, uh, taken place in China in last year. Uh, we had this really weird, uh, looked like a cloud-busting exercise over Russia. But all these kind of these spiral-type things, and we're not quite sure what they are, and oh yeah, it's a Russian rocket, blah, blah, blah. No, actually, this is the HARP program. They're testing these things out. They're firing up their, you know, their whatever you, whatever you want to, I'll just call it a laser. Um, but actually, what has taken place is it punctured a hole in our thermosphere, in the Earth's thermosphere, uh, allowing thermal inversion of the exosphere. And this is what has caused this enormous, uh, I won't call it climate change, I'll call it change in weather, that is delivering all of this horrible, horrible, cold weather to almost the entire planet. And so I think that it's totally possible we'll see snow in San Francisco. Now, I think personally that this is probably 
um, set up to help companies like Monsanto. Again, going back to the idea that uh, the incredibly rich people are gambling and, uh, hey, it's a nice little setup. You know, we'll uh, bring Monsanto to the forefront, call these guys great. We'll call them the company of the year. And, oh, and they're going to save us because all the crops are gone and we need to, we clearly need to have genetically modified food. But you might want to Google Project Blue Bean. Um, I'm sure you Blue Beam. Bravo Echo Alpha Mike. Project Blue Beam. It is pretty much coincidental. <clears throat> Coincidence? I think not. Project Blue Beam calls for exactly this type of occurrence in the sky. Uh, and it is a setup to a complete takeover of world economies. I'm not going to get into all of Project Blue Beam right now. Uh, but you do need to Google this. Uh, I put a pretty good uh, video into the show notes, noagendashow.com, curry.com, dvorak.org, slash blog. Uh, take a look at that and tell me if the coincidence is just too big for you to actually ignore. Uh, this is not by accident. Uh, there's tons of information about uh, Tesla-style weather control um, that is also in the show notes. In fact... Uh, our friend Zbigniew Brzezinski, in his book Between Two Ages, wrote, Technology will make available to the leaders of major nations techniques for conducting secret warfare, of which only a bare minimum of security forces need be appraised. Techniques of weather modification could be employed to produce prolonged periods of drought or storm. This is all a part of somebody's plan, which... Well, I'm, you know, it's an interesting thesis. Uh, I don't know where you got this idea of a thermosphere. Where did that come from? Oh, okay, I'll, let me find the link for you. The thermosphere. Hold on. You caught me off guard there, but I was more or less prepared. The thermosphere, according to, well, my source, of course, is Wikipedia. So take that with a grain of salt you wish. It's still the top uh, result on Google. For everything, the thermosphere is the biggest of all layers of the Earth's atmosphere, directly above the mesosphere and directly be below the exosphere. Within this layer, ultraviolet radiation causes ionization. The International Space Station has a stable orbit within the upper part of the thermosphere between 320 and 380 kilometers. Auroras also occur in the thermosphere. Is that good enough for you, or is Wikipedia now all of a sudden not good enough for you? Oh, well, let it go. And then the exosphere, that's the uppermost layer. And I know... Uh, the the reason I'm saying that is because I'm looking at the HARP project, one of the HARP project uh, websites, which is run by uh, one of the universities, the uh, University of Alaska, apparently, uh, which I sent you a link to. And they're showing, you know, some of the effects of this thing. They don't really explain what the point of it is. Premier facility for the study of ion ionospheric physics and radio science. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it seems to be more of a project to discover ways to uh, yeah to, communi uh, communicate with submarines or some crap like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, why don't you know ever hear of an extension cord? I mean, you don't have to be blasting energy, and you know, this is like gigavolts or gigawatts or gigabytes or whatever of energy, but if you read on up on Tesla <coughs> and of course Tesla um, uh, had uh, already developed. Uh, wireless electricity and had a, a, had a tower up by Niagara Falls which was burned to the ground along with a lot of his research was burned literally destroyed by the US government go ahead I mean that's all over the place you can this I'm, I'm not saying anything that is 
uh, out of the ordinary here. Um, the, the guy was on to something. And, you know, this research, of course, was not ignored. Uh, and it's being used. And it's quite possible that there is, uh, that there is some, you know, this could lead to the disclosure of, um, our communication with extraterrestrial bodies. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to happen this year. Obama's going to say it. He, you, you, you hear it here first. Um, so look into a harp, and you know, I've, I've, I've always found it interesting and kind of left it alone, but dude, you know, there's a lot going on with, uh, with, with electricity and, and wavelengths, and you know, there's a lot of stuff I think we just don't know, and, and I still don't, I still am looking for a reason for this whole cleaning up of the television spectrum. You know, you can't be like testing harp and blowing everyone's TV signal out of the water. There's lots of stuff that's happening here. Lots of it. All right. Well, but, but that'll uh, qualify as the uh, as the protection. But for sure, yeah. <laughs> so we don't get two to the head. But for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, there's going to be a major food crisis if this cold weather keeps up. And and we're all just kind of overlooking it, like, oh, okay. And we're making we even we are making jokes about it, like, ah, okay, whatever, you know, it's global warming, ha ha ha. But uh, we got to be really careful about this stuff. Wow, what is that? Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, people but, who listen to the uh, to the podcast, it's like the whole house is vibrating now. It's from probably from the harp. Maybe <laughs> that this curry and see what he thinks. So uh, here, read a story. This is a uh, another thing that's kind of caught my attention because I know that this is planted. You know, this little part of that Yemen thing. You know, to kind of scare us to keep get. You know, there's a underlying. Uh, attempt to keep Gitmo open, and they're doing a really good job of it, by the way. But I got the biggest kick out of this article. Uh, it's an AP article. One in five terrorism suspects released from the Guantanamo Bay prison have returned to the fight, according to a classified Pentagon. How, how classified was it? Yeah, and, and sources who did not want to be named. A classified Pentagon report expected to stoke an already fierce debate over President Barack Obama's plan to close the military prison. Okay, so I'm reading this. So I know that they came up with, I know when they went and had a meeting, because I, you've been in these meetings. Well, what are you going to do? Well, you know, these guys are going back. to let's let, let's let five Yemen guys go back and see how many of them join the fighting. And so they, so they said, you know, because we can bring in this recidivism problem that you always have with anybody in prison. They always end up back in jail. So... Some Jones, go figure out what the recidivism rate is, you know, from Americans and Americans in American prisons. Well, it happens to be 70 <laughs> percent. Exactly. So that you know, the guy came back and said 70 percent, boss, 70 percent. Yeah, 70 percent. That number is too high. You have to make up something lower. That's funny. Anyway. Yeah, that's, it's, it's more my program meeting that uh, I'm sure took place. Do you uh, you have two clips left? Do you want to roll those out before we? I got uh... a story I want to discuss. Okay, cool. A Houston mom has been accused of flying to Canada to lure a 16 year old boy from his home after allegedly having an online sexual relationship with him for more than a year. Lori Lori Prince appeared in a Houston courtroom Wednesday after being arrested a day earlier when the 42 year old returned from Canada. 
okay, they bring this up. She's not facing sexual assault charges because the age of consent in Canada is 16. Used to be 14 until recently, by the way. Houston prosecutors charged her with two counts of online solicitation of a minor and one count of enticing a child with the intent to commit a felony. What was the felony? With the intent to commit a felony. What's the felony? An intent. An intent. Legal age. She's floating around Canada. What jurisdiction do these people have? It turns out that the United States has jurisdiction over your sexual life wherever you are in the world. If you're in anywhere and you're doing something that is, you know, there's actually a law in the books. I'm surprised I didn't bring this up. That you can't go overseas. Like, say you fall in love with a, you say you're 25 years old. You fall in love with a 16-year-old in France. Or you go to France and you fall in love with her and you come back to the United States and you go back to marry her or have sex with her. You're violating the law that says that no American can leave the country to have sex with anyone under 18. What kind of laws are these? That's weird. So this poor woman goes to Canada. She does whatever she does in Canada and she gets charged here. She did in a foreign country that was totally legal. And she she didn't even do it. It was intent. Wow. And is that just for Canada or any country? Any country. Well, I will repeat, I will repeat my assertion that all of these uh, child pornography laws are only put in place uh, to protect the true pedophiles who are in the government. They're in the government. Well, yeah, that's been your... And there's a lot of evidence to suggest you're correct. Especially go go, go your, look at the do true files, please. I'm, I, I'm afraid to even put a link in the show notes to it. You can Google it. You'll find it. How, how do you spell it? D-U-T-R-O-U-X. Du true. Um, I've read those files. They're, they're, it's gross. It's, it, it's shocking. And uh, at the forefront of that, the Dutch government. The Dutch government. Yeah, this is what got you kicked off the air in Holland. Yeah, oh, they shut down the station. The whole station was gone. The whole station is gone, off the air. The whole company bankrupt. Which we harp on, by the way, this, this, this stuff. And they shut, they fired you, and then shortly thereafter, the station was shut down. Oh, yeah, completely. Bankrupt. Their license, their license was revoked. Um, their, uh, financiers pulled out. Everything all at the same time. Boom. So anyway, so meanwhile, this woman is uh, in court now. Which, of course, and, and the real problem about all of this is, uh, because, you know, it, it's, it's endemic. Uh, you know, one child molester will protect the next one, and they bring them in. And so before you know it, it's a whole nest of them running departments like the Ministry of Justice. Um, and when you, uh, so then you are blackmailable. That's the real problem. So then the criminals who, of course, they've got all the goods on all these people. And this goes up to heads of state, royalty. I mean, and this, and there's enough evidence to really, you know, not think I'm completely off my rocker when I say this. Uh, then you get these international criminals, uh, or even lower level criminals who, who don't even have to go to jail anymore because they say, hey, dude, you know, you're going to like throw the book at me? Why don't I open up my mouth about what you're really doing over there in Turkey? Or what you're doing down there in Eindhoven, or what you're doing over there. Yeah, why in, are they having Belgium? these these great big meetings constantly? They keep floating. It's like a floating crap game. 
you know, they're having, okay, we're having our next meeting in Rio. Then we're going to have our meeting in, in you know, Lima, Peru. And then we're going to have our meeting in, in Johannesburg, South Africa. And then we're going to have our meeting in, you know, some middle of nowhere, Russia. And then we're going to have our meeting in, you know, did everybody ever wonder why they keep moving these meetings to the weirdest places? I mean, there's no reason to have an international meeting of all these heavyweights in the middle of nowhere, Africa. No, of course it's ridiculous. Not. Just so a couple of African guys can don't have to spend as much money to fly there. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I uh, would like to play one little clip for you, John. I only have one. Uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday. You may have missed it. Uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh yes, gave us, this. He gave us the state of the state, and uh, <laughs> Mickey was blown away when she. I, I was queuing this up before the show. She's like, "What? He's what? Him too?" If I had to summarize in one word our focus for the coming year, it would be the word priorities. We have to get them straight and we have to keep them straight. The first priority for the coming year, obviously, is to get the economy and to get jobs back. Wait for it. Jobs, jobs, jobs. There you go. And listen to everyone applaud. Oh, yes, he said it. Jobs, jobs, jobs. jobs you know the thing jobs, he did say. Wait, wait, wait. Jobs and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Jobs, 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 jobs. Arbeit, Arbeit, Arbeit. It's all over the place. Yeah, I know. We caught it first, by the way. Yeah. For people out there who are wondering why they're giving us uh, donations occasionally. Because we catch this stuff so early in the game because all, all we do is look for memes and deconstructions that we can do. Okay, so I got one. Uh, what's the two? I have two clips left. I don't, we don't have to play them both, but one of them is a, a health care uh, um, ad. ad that is promoting the the house bill and it, we did some research last night on figuring out who produced this thing it's because healthcareforamericanow.org and it turns out to be uh, which is by the way i don't trust these but when you do a who is and they and you get one of these anonymous who is companies oh yeah you know i we can't say who it is well why is that why are you what are you hiding from so we dug it up it was the Tides Foundation, George Soros, S-E-I-U, the usual suspects. Uh -huh. And also, but the main company that actually put the thing together, uh, we don't know who they are specifically, but their address is on K Street. in uh, yeah, which, is, which is where all the lobbyists are. All the lobbyists are there. So we you know, figure it's some, I don't know but what it is. But the ass stinks, so I, we don't have to play it. You can play it if yeah, you want. Yeah, we do. Let's play it. Let's, uh, why not? We might as well do it. Hold on a second. Did I just say? Uh, yeah, here we go. We're on the verge of historic. Reform. A major step forward for America. Let's make sure the health care bill is as strong as possible. Under the House plan, we'll be offered good coverage at work, and we won't pay a tax on our health benefits. If you're self-employed or between jobs, you'll be able to afford insurance, and you can keep the benefits you have now. We're at the finish line. Tell the President and Congress, choose wisely. Get it right for us. Right. Tell the president and Congress. And, of course, there is going to be a tax uh, on the so-called Cadillac plans. So there, there is going to be a tax. And Nancy Pelosi even uh, was throwing Obama under a bus about that the other day. Yeah. She's like, uh, well, he hasn't been exceedingly straightforward about lots of things. <laughs> wow. Well, he hasn't. She's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she has her own agenda for saying that. Yeah. Something. She didn't get enough of something or I don't know. Who knows? Um, a, little, a little note that um, uh, 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 an AP report 
that came out that I have not seen on mainstream news anywhere, titled Very Quietly, Obama's Citizenship Case Reaches the Supreme Court. Oh, really? Yes. I thought that was dead in the water. Well, apparently not. Uh, this is AP, Washington, D.C., in a move certain to fuel the debate over Obama's qualifications for the presidency, the group... There's nothing to see here a moment. I can see where this is going. Yeah, okay. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. The group Americans for Freedom of Information has released copies of President Obama's college transcripts from Occidental College. Released today, the transcript uh, school indicates that Obama, under the name Barry Sotoro received financial aid as a foreign student from Indonesia as an undergraduate at, uh, at the tran uh, as the transcript was released by Occidental College in compliance with a court order in a suit brought by the group in the Superior Court of California. The transcript shows that Obama, Sotoro, applied for financial aid and was awarded a fellowship for foreign students from the Fulbright Foundation Scholarship Program. So I'm just going to skip forward about blah, 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 the White House pissed off. Blah, blah, blah. Justice Antoni Scalia announced that the Supreme Court agreed on Tuesday to hear arguments concerning Obama's legal eligibility to serve as president in a case brought by Leo Donoforio of New Jersey. This lawsuit claims Obama's dual citizenship disqualified him from serving as president. The case is just one of 18 suits brought by citizens demanding proof of Obama's citizenship or qualification to serve as president. So um, <clears throat> it is now before the Supreme Court simultaneously reports saying, uh, coming from a veteran member of the White House press corps, that the Obama administration has made it known through White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs and other White House communications officials Certain questions posed by reporters who cover the White House are off-limits. On the banned list, questions about Obama's post-Columbia University employment with Business International Corporation, BIC, a global financial and political information company, uh, reported as a front for the CIA, by the way. Um, and they're also, here it is... Uh, White House press corps members have been quietly told any questions related to BIC. Obama withheld records while he was a student at Occidental College in Los Angeles from 79 to 81, or his records at Columbia are forbidden. So the press is now being forbidden by the Ministry of Truth to ask questions, and of course right along with that would go the fact that this is now before the Supreme Court. Huh. How about How about them apples? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Of course, nobody reported that but us. Well, no, because they're not allowed to. Well, I guess the AP uh, put it out, but nobody picked it up. Yeah, well, so the... Uh, that's probably the court rep You know, they have one person that just calls the Supreme yeah. Court well, stuff, and they write these short little stories. Oh, you mean the guy who uh, made a little mistake there? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I got some other stuff if you're interested. Uh, I think that, you know, there's still something, there's something weird or red herring-ish about the, uh, the birthers because it seems they wanted, they, the, the propagandists like to bunch everybody together, you know, the Tea Party people, the birthers, the this, the that, the, they're all crazy. The, you know, they like to push them all aside when, in fact, many of them, not so much the birthers, but many of them are sincere protesters of a, uh, you know, they're not... Astroturfers, that's for sure. Right. I don't know, John. I don't know. However, I do know that uh, because of the internet or what's left of it, uh, a lot of people are uh, 
are opening their eyes. There's uh, a lot of uh, movement. Um, we have a lot of listeners who are so-called teabaggers. I think that uh, in no, general, it's tea party, not teabaggers. Right, tea partiers. You're, thank you for correcting me. You're right. That's a that's the term Fox uses, and see, well, that's what they all use that. But yeah, um, which of course is extremely derogatory. Uh, tea parties. I think the Tea Party movement uh, actually could, you know, if if the right organization came in, it's going to be very difficult because you know it's it's real easy for some jerk off to come in there with a bunch of screwballs. Yeah, it's 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 just what somebody. This is what the last clip is that I have. Somebody pointed this out to me. I finally watched a few episodes. Very very hard show to watch. I don't recommend it to anybody. But on the True Network, they have this uh, conspiracy theory starring Jesse Jesse Ventura. Ventura, Right, Alex Jones is a consultant. Tedious, and it's and they have the crazy guys, and they got what's his name from the Prison Planet. Alex Alex Jones, he's a consultant on the show, and he only goes and he only meets with Ventura in a warehouse that's off the it's off the grid so they can go and have a private conversation of course then they broadcast it and I mean the whole thing is dramatized over dramatized overproduced it's almost amateurishly overproduced very difficult to watch and it has it's just it's just fake but here's the opening of the one they did on the Bilderbergers many of the issues are good but they just make it as somebody suggested to me in an email they it's one of those deals where you put a debate together and you're controlling the debate so your side of the debate Debate. You put a normal person who's very smart and wise, and he debates the pro side, which you're for, and then you find some maniac, some crackpot, screwballed Leninist or Trotskyite to debate the other side. So when people watch the debate, they see a reasonable person and a and a, and a crazy person. And then you say, "God, it's lunatic! Those guys are crazy." I'm I'm voting yes. Just say, I'm sorry. Ready? They suggested that this show is one of these misdirection shows, but just listen to the beginning and, and tell me what you think. Think you know the whole story? Think again. I've been governor, a Navy SEAL, a fighter. I've heard things that'll blow your mind, and now I think it's time you get the whole story. No. Jesse Ventura exposes the secret society of elite power brokers that pulls the strings and calls the shots. Talking about the control of absolutely everything on the planet. It's not a fantasy. They made in plain sight. This is the scene of the crime. Only no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. They say we're not secret, we're private. I need you to move off the property. You're being kept well back from the building. Until now. They control the money. When you control the purse strings, you control the world. They control the food. You're poisoning our people. They even decide who will live and who will die. (laughs) They want you dead, Governor. Why? And their most lethal plot may be underway right now. The idea is to target the human immune system. They're out to kill me. Jesse Ventura confronts the most powerful and ruthless conspiracy yet. The group that runs the world. The ones who want you dead. The Bilderbergs and the global death plot. All right. <laughs> so uh, let me give you my... Uh, Could there my... be any more music? Yeah, let me give you my, my thoughts on this. So... First of all, I believe that uh, Jesse Ventura, I think, is a good guy. 
Um, I, I think he has his heart in the right place. I think he uh, is quite aware of a lot of things that are going on. And, and the same goes for Alex Jones. So what happens is, you know, it's unavoidable that, that, you know, this stuff is getting out there. And, you know, who owns True TV? You know, would you look that up while I'm uh, giving my, uh, my, while I'm, I, I run with my soliloquy here. So, of course, you know, you've got to let some of this stuff out onto mainstream television in order to, to really turn it around. And, the, and so the only way that that can be done is by dramatizing. Because people won't watch a show that is just, you know, like um, David Icke. You know, da David Icke sits, talks for like two hours. And, you know, it's hard to stay awake. But if you can actually stay with the program and you haven't had your daily dose of... Uh, fluoride and lithium he's on this too by the way yeah, of course he is and and so yeah the whole idea is to create it like uh like wrestling and so it sounded to me like uh the worldwide wrestling uh match um, looks like it too but yeah the way. and so it's it's exactly what you're saying it's a kind of Take the piss out of it, and uh, okay, so they're just crazy crackpots, and even that, even that voice when you hear it, it's like you know, it's it's unbelievable right there. Of course, the sad fact is the stuff that he's reporting. He's also I haven't seen the show, but I know he's reported on Harp, and uh, so now he's doing Bilderberg. And Bilderberg, of course, they're one of the groups like uh, the Club of Rome, the Council on Foreign Relations. You know, these are the Trilateral Commission. These are the groups that are indeed trying to control of a lot of the world, and they might as it's it much easier to just say, oh, here's a bunch of crackpots and uh, and let them roll with it which is why i believe this this is a secret of our show which is you know, here it is stay tuned big secret we just talk and tell the truth as we see it which changes all the time but we just talk just like a couple of guys and we go back and forth and we look stuff up right, and, and look stuff up and we try to deconstruct as much as possible and we try to identify little gimmicks and things that people are trying to pull and we're skeptical of everything. <laughs> and it's a, it's a simple formula. Nobody else is doing this. Okay, who owns True TV? Who do you think? Let me think. Is it Time Warner? Is it NBC? Time Warner. Time Warner. Of course it is. They own the Bilderbergers. Anyway, by the way, the funny <laughs> thing about this Bilderberger show, they take it to the end. Oh, they own it. They're running everything. Everything's run by these guys. They're meeting here. They're meeting there. And then at the very end, it says, yes, but they're being told what to do by a committee of seven. <laughs> There's another group above them, supposedly, and they never got into who never these got into it. guys were, but they, they're the ones who actually are running the Bilderbergers. So I guess it was, um, was, it, was it Roosevelt? I can't recall. Uh, I think it was Roosevelt who, um, who said, you know, I'm very appreciative of uh, all the journalists who have come and met with us at these Bilderberg meetings or these meetings um, and who, uh, you know, particularly, he, I think he singled out the editor of Time magazine. You know, for not reporting because the reporters are invited to over the yeah. There's a number of, of high-end reporters yeah. and uh, and publishers that supposedly at these meetings. Well, no, it's pretty well documented that they go into the building, so I presume they're not there to clean the toilets. You know, so yeah, they're, they're there to listen to boring lectures. I'm sure that's what this is. Mm, okay. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a boring lecture. Just report on it. Hey, it's a boring lecture. And then finally, John, to uh, wrap this, up the show. This, by the way, is part, of, part and parcel of that non-disclosure problem that I see throughout the media, especially in high-tech reporting, by the way, where you sign off on, on your it. rights to stay, say that you're even there, which I think is unconstitutional. I think it's a, it's, I wish somebody would take, you know, these, these gag orders, these, these non-disclosures, all these things. When do you, where, where is it say in the Constitution that you can sign away your First Amendment rights? 
Well, you can uh, you can make a private contract between parties. Yeah, but it's against the, the Constitution. It's, it's an illegal contract. These are illegal contracts, as far as I'm concerned. Nobody's ever challenged them. Well, John, it's it's painfully obvious. It's you know, it's like okay, it, you go ahead. You're going to get one story, and then you won't eat because you will never work again. This they're afraid. They're afraid to do anything. Of course, they're, they're like, oh, I'm not. I'm going to be with the program. I like my job. Now, you and I, on the other hand, we're patently unemployable, <laughs> and uh, and you know we're, we're just getting by. Yeah, we, because we got we got nothing to lose. Literally, nothing to lose. Yeah, well, when your place falls down over the weekend, thanks to those pile drivers, you'll know the reason why. Let me hit you with this one before we go. And now back to real news. I got uh, I got word this morning that Jay Leno was canceled. Yay! Finally happened. Yay! We're starting a rumor. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's actually fact. It'll be all I over. I was just watching the show, just a minute of the show last night, and he had one of the Kardashians on, and she is a dimwit. Uh-huh. And he, he can't get any guests. So he had the, his two guests were Kim Kardashian and some woman who is a uh, one of the fitness people on one of the reality shows. She does she trains people <laughs> on the biggest, biggest Loser or something like that. Those are the two people that were his two hot his guests because nobody will do the show because they've been told by their agents and everyone else that no. No, and, no, you can't. It's a losing show. I don't want you on that show. Sorry? Yeah, it's a loser show. You don't want to be on a show that's going down the tubes. No, no. Well, no, the point, no, the real reason is because they took away all these, the 10 o'clock spot was always traditionally for, for primetime dramas, and that, that primetime dramas are high budget items. A lot of people get a lot of work, and it's, and writers, actresses, and yeah, all you're, you're these. You're a Judas. Oh, yeah, okay. you're a Judas if you go on that show. What? You're a Judas. If you're yeah. an actor and you go on that show, then you're fighting against your comrades. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's basically been blackballed, so he'll never get any good guests except these crazy guests, you know, from reality shows, and nobody cares about. It. I mean, these two people were the boringest people in history, and it's just like, wow! You just shake your head. Leno looked like he was resigned weeks ago to getting thrown off the air. So this is so this is where the chat room is. Uh, this guy named Gulks Jeg, who's a, an ex vet, and uh, he sits in the chat room twenty four hours a day. And it's like uh, Adam Curry, fourteen million dollar airplane just getting by. Dvorak, multi multiple million dollar houses just getting by. Uh, this is one thing I learned in my forty five years on this beautiful <laughs> planet called Earth. It's true. You, you cannot you, know, you cannot look into uh, someone's wallet. It's impossible to do, and uh, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Well, uh, John, might have, your house might be worth a million by now. So the um, plane, this plane, you can't is, sell it for crap. Can't sell it, and it's only a couple hundred thousand, maybe if it's worth that. Um, and my plane, hello, <laughs> a Cessna one hundred and eighty-two, fourteen million bucks. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So this guy's an idiot. Yes. You know, I don't understand. I had a. I've been on the blog, and you see these these same guys coming out. <laughs> but you know, what, can like, I just say something? So what? So what? Even if I even if I had fourteen million dollars worth of airplanes strapped to my ass, so what? Why? I I still don't have to work for free. Do you work for free? No, I'm, I we probably pay for this guy's uh, uh, pension. Yeah, probably. The guy's probably a pensioner or a guy or he's unemployed and our unemployment insurance is being paid by us. Hey, buddy, you work for us. Yeah, really. Okay, obviously he's a, a loser. <laughs> of course, now we get the note. You're always attacking your listeners. Yeah. No, we're not attacking the listeners. We're attacking this idiot. 
<laughs> don't attack your listeners. Uh, uh. We don't attack the listeners. Our listeners are our bread and butter. They're great people. Most of them are very intelligent and you know and and useful. And then you have, but you have these ankle biters, and you do it. You see it on blogs. As a writer, I've been a writer all my life. I see it all the time. There's these little guys. I can write better columns than him. I yeah. can. I don't know why you. Why don't you fire him? He stinks. Hire me. Yeah. Uh, is that's all you get. And you get, I mean, you get used to it because you see it endlessly. And occasionally, one of these guys will actually get a writing gig, and they can write like two columns. That's all they got in them, and then boom, they're out of. That's the end of it. And you and the, the slash dot is filled with these people. Uh, the, all these a lot of chat rooms get one or two of them in there, and they're just really negative people. I don't understand how they can get by. I'm sure they're not. Maybe they're married to women that are miserable. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, you know what, people? All you got to do is start your own show. Okay? Start your own show. We'll be happy to, to plug it once and then see how you do. All right? Just see how you do. And uh, may I point out that uh, through my efforts, I'm employing to this day still, it could change at any minute, uh, 50, 50 people. 50 people who have uh, spouses, parents, uh, relatives, kids, pets. You know, I'm providing some real value here. You know, people are so quick to condemn. They know it all so well. You know it all so well. Go have another sip of fluoride water. But I love that $14 million airplane. Wow. Yeah, well, that comes from you the... You paid too much for that if you paid $14 million for a Cessna 182. Yeah, you think? A little bit? Now, that comes from my uh, from the opening of the Daily Source Code with, uh, you know, it's like with $14 million worth of airplanes dropped to my ass. Anyway... Oh, is that where that came from? Um, yeah. So daily so source. So this guy's been basically this guy's been dogging you for oh, years, yeah. years, and oh, he's yeah. got the oh, yeah. plane. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Hmm. Um, so the daily source code. I am going to uh, put out another episode pretty soon. I want to finish my iPhone app first, though, because um, that's Project Numero Uno. And then uh, I think source code is going to be pretty music heavy, but I'm going to delve uh, deeper. You know, like Pro- Project Blue Beam. I think that's something that I would want to really go into there. Um, because uh, that's a little bit off of the no agenda oh, track. Oh, good, because then I can complain to you, like you complain <laughs> to me anytime I bring up anything with Andrew Horowitz that might <laughs> possibly in some limited way relate to the show that the two of us do together, so now I can pre- pretend to be Adam Curry yeah. and, and, and bitterly complain about you. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, the only difference is, John, on, on Daily Source Code, I will actually ask people to donate to no agenda, which, of course, I don't think you do on your other programs. You know, you should say that on Twit. Hey, Leo, you know, it's like uh, have people uh, hook a brother up. You know, I, you know, we're asking our listeners to to go on mainstream media and say noagendashow.com. I don't hear that you saying that on Twit. I feel bad now. <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't think you do. <laughs> yeah, you coming in because we're going to do that uh, cesspool stuff today, right? Uh, yeah. Now? That'll be fun. That'll be yeah, cool. and we're, we're going to be live on Medio.com doing a, a, a meta programming about the CES show. It's going to be pretty funny. I've you know it's like this is like we're going to be covering people covering CES because of course we couldn't afford to send anyone to CES. <laughs> There's it's, it's a waste of money. I would have I would have voted against it. Yeah, it's a complete waste of money to send people to CES. Yeah, it is. Hi. Okay. Well, John, we went way over our allotted time for today, but I see no complaints. 
So uh, I thank you, my friend, in the morning, and uh, coming to you from the creaking, cracking, and soon-to-be-demolished minimum security containment cell crackpot command center in san francisco california i'm adam curry and it'll be at least an opportunity for you to break out of that cell i'm john c dvorak we'll talk to you again for the early service on sunday right here on no agenda